Today on the Talent Cast, turns out candidate experience is a lie. We should be making it harder to apply. <laughs> what? We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. This podcast has one simple goal to change the conversation around recruiting, employer brand, and hiring. Simple as that. The only way we can do that is by making this a 100% no-pitch zone, meaning no one's making any money, no one's giving any money, nobody's sponsoring anything. So please come join us, come learn, come engage in this conversation, come grow our industry with me. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter, at the War for Talent, or you can look at our website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, no, not high. Mm, I know you thought it. I know you wondered, and I'm not drunk. This is my fourth cup of coffee. So, housekeeping. Going to be at ERE next month uh, in San Diego. You should come see me. If, you, if you're going to be there, you should absolutely come find me. I will be the bald one with glasses. That's You're going to need something more differentiating. I'll, at some point, I'll be on the stage. There you go. Uh, also going to be at RecruitCon in Nashville. Again, bald guy in glasses. Yeah, mm, something more specific. Again, I'll probably be on stage at some point. Or just bump into me and just ask every bald guy with glasses, are you James Ellis? That would be hilarious. Eventually, you'll be right. I mean, I'll be there. Uh, I'm going to be at Talent Brand Alliance, not speaking, but just going. So if you're going, find me. We should talk. I'd love to hang out. Um, it's really what I want to do with that whole event. It's going to be an interesting event. It's in Austin in June. So really looking forward to that. Finally, going to be at Social Recruiting Strategies Conference in Austin again in August because no one wants to be in Texas more than me in the summer. Twice? I don't know what we're thinking here. Anyway, so here's the trick. Someone said, your job is not to sell. Your job is to make people want to buy. I don't know who said it. I think a company had it like as a motto or something, but it's a great starting point. It's a great starting point. Don't sell, make people want to buy. And if you take that and you start to apply it to the recruiting marketing model, which, hi, how you doing? That's what we do here. You start to realize that it's not about making, it's not about selling people jobs. You're not here to sell anybody a job. You're here, more than anything else, to make people want to join. Why? What? Why? Who cares? What does that matter with anything? Great question. Thanks for asking. First off, when you sell something, you can talk to any salesperson. When you sell something, there is an instinct that says, how do I get this person to say yes? In fact, there's whole books and, and classes and lectures and principles around the idea that if you can get, as a salesperson, you can get your, your target or your customer or your prospect or whatever to say yes to even small things like, do you like the color blue? Or it's nice weather out there. If you get them comfortable with saying the word yes, eventually they will, it's more likely they will say yes to whatever the thing you're actually selling is. Do you want to buy this big enterprise solution? Yes, I do. And then you figure out the details. The problem is it turns out it's very easy to say yes. For those of you who've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and I hope to, everybody has, it's an amazing movie. Um, there's the, 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 oh gosh, I'm going to blank on the name, the family, uh, 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 <laughs> Shelly Levine, <laughs> who, um, he sells the very end. He sells this huge block of ter of, pro of, uh, of properties to this family, and he's super pumped. He hasn't made a huge sale in forever, and he shows up. It's Jack Lemmon's character. He shows up. He's like, I got him to sell, and he got the check, and that's amazing, and he got him to sign, and, and, and uh, the admin guy says, that's great, but it's worthless. 
That lead is worthless. Those people don't have four pennies to rub together. They may sign a check, but it's worthless. They said yes, but they didn't say how. They couldn't afford it. They said yes just to shut you up. They said yes just to keep you on the hook, to keep the conversation going. They said yes for no reason other than to say yes because a yes is useless. And when you apply that kind of model to sales, you can start to see how people say, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll meet you. Oh, we'll figure a date later, and you, they disappear, right? It's easy to say yes. It puts, as a prospect or as a target myself, I will say yes all the time to shut the salesperson up to get to the place I want to be, either in another room or have a conversation in another space or talk about a separate subject or a separate tool or what have you. I'll say yes just to shut them up because until I have to sign something and present money, a yes is worthless. Turns out, Maybe what we should be doing is getting people to say no. Maybe what we should do, and this comes straight out of Chris Voss's book, um, uh, Never Split the Difference, which, fantastic book, by the way, on negotiating. Fantastic. I'll throw that in the show notes. Um, the idea is that you should get people used to saying no. That The yes is easy. The yes is cheap and free. Getting people to say yes is simple. It's a trick and no one buys it. However, if you ask the right kind of question and get a no, you're far more engaged. So if you can, if you ask people, and, you know, hey, are you interested in this sale? People will say, yeah, 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 I'm interested in this sale. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're lying to you. If you say instead, hey, are, are, are you giving up on this idea? No, that's different. They've considered it. You've given the open door. You said, I am comfortable letting you walk out the door. And they said, no, I want to stay. You have them. That's far more valuable than the, yeah, I want to keep talking about this thing. And no, I don't. You want to get them to say no. What the hell am I talking about? Great question. You want to get them to join. You don't want to make a sale. You don't want to close a deal. You don't want them to get to say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say yes to just shut you up. Yeah, yeah, here's an application. Just stop bugging me. Yeah, yeah, here you go, recruiter. Stop being a pain in my ass. What you want them to get to do is to want to join you. You don't want to push it on them. You want to make this thing so attractive to them that they would move heaven and earth to get to you. I used to joke to Target, you know, Target's problem, they had problems. Oh, we're not getting enough people applying. We're not getting this. I'm like, your problem is not not enough people applying. Your problem is not that people don't know where the jobs are. The problem is that the, isn't that the website's too hard to deal with because none of those things are true. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows how to find you. Everybody knows where the jobs are. Everybody knows how to apply. If you hid the apply button, they'd still find a way to apply. The problem is no one really understands what to do there or what it's like to work there. And that was their issue. It was a long time ago. The problem is not getting them to apply. You're not trying to get them to say yes. You're not trying to sell. And I am using the word sell a little pejoratively there, and I apologize because I like selling. I think selling is interesting and fascinating, useful, and valuable. However, getting someone to change their life, you don't want to sell to them. What you need to do is convince them or get them to understand or be attracted to the idea of joining you. You don't sell jobs. You're creating a movement. You're getting them to join a company. You're asking them to change their lives, really, frankly. Push comes to shove. I'm right now buying an enterprise software package. It's a cloud software package. Legal nightmares notwithstanding. Contractual nightmares notwithstanding. It's a huge thing. It's an easy thing to do. And if it turns out spending 40 grand is a bad idea, I'm not getting fired for it. It was a valid enough idea. It didn't work, whatever. I can walk away. It's not a big deal. 
Getting me to apply for a job and choosing a job that was a bad choice, that is a huge problem. 40 grand in a company's wallet is not usually a huge amount of money, and you can usually find a way to justify $40,000 of value and something like that. But asking me to change my life, and I don't know what I'm changing it for, and if I make a mistake, it's a huge personal problem, yeah, that's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. Now, if you're listening, the software I'm buying for $40,000 is going to be huge, going to be fantastic, it's going to be great, but I'm not worried about failing like I am. If I were to change jobs, I'd be worrying about that failing. The barriers are super high to get me to change jobs, to get me to change my life. And we pretend that getting the application is enough, and we'll figure out how to, how to string you along. Let's just get the yes. That's the problem. Recruiters should be less focused on getting the yes. Instead, they should be more focused on finding the no. Finding a reason to say, this person really doesn't care, back of the line. I'll talk to you later on. But most recruiters are so desperate to fill the slot, to put the butt in the seat, that they're just desperate to get someone who just keeps saying yes. Consequently, it has a huge impact on your acceptance rate down the funnel. If people are saying yes and letting, letting you string them along and let them kind of hang out and say, yeah, I guess I'll have a conversation. Yeah, I guess I'll have an interview. I guess I'll, I'll listen to that offer. They're not invested. They're not involved. They're going to say no. The amount of money you have to drop in that person's lap to get them to actually turn the yes into a yeah is huge because they're not invested. They had plenty of opportunities to say no. You just didn't look for them as a recruiter. You kept saying, well, they didn't object or she didn't object, so I guess she's still yes. Mm, no, that's not how that works. You got to get them to say no. You got to find the no. Now, how do you make an offering such that they want to join you? And I'm going to tell you that the, the a secret trick to that. Maybe not. Maybe not that secret. Plenty of books on the subject. It's not like we're hiding it. And the idea is trust. Not just trust in a recruiter per se, though that's part of it. But I think most recruiters. I'm, let, I'm going to put be straight with you. Every recruiter I've met who could get me on the phone was worth talking to. It's the recruiters who sent me cold emails and, and had no idea who the hell I was and was just blindly spamming the hell out of everybody. Those are the ones I don't trust, and they suck, and we're not going to talk about them. And I'm going to presume you're not one of them. I'm going to assume you're one of the good ones, you know, the professionals. And if you're a professional and you're not lying, you're good, and I can trust you. Because you're a human being, and you're going to tell me what's going on, and you're good. Yeah, you'll spin a little bit, but we all spin a little bit. It's not a big deal. But I trust that if I ask you a dead-on question, do you do X, you're not going to straight-up lie to me. But beyond the trust in the recruiter is the trust in the company. And I think on a lot of levels, that's where the big objection happens. That's really employer brand, right? Do you trust what this company is all about? And if you don't trust what it's all about, or if you don't know what it's all about, which is usually more likely the case, you'll let the trust of the recruiter kind of carry you through a lot of the stuff, the interview, the conversations, the phone screens, all that stuff that the recruiter can, through sheer force of personal trust and will, drive someone and drag them through that gamut. But when it comes to the offer, it's not about the recruiter. Because why? Well, because as soon as... I accept an offer, the recruiter's kind of gone. <laughs> their job is done. Now I have to trust the company to hold their end of the bargain. And if I don't trust the company, I'm going to say no. So you have to build trust as a company and as a recruiter. Like I said, I'm going to presume that you as a recruiter know how to build trust personally. The trick is how do you get people to build trust in the company? 
quick interruption. The goal here is to change the conversation around recruiting, hiring, and employer brand. The only way we can achieve that goal is with your help. And that is not with money, not with sponsorship. No, 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 no. It's to just simply share us and review us. Simple as that. Just review us wherever you get podcasts, share us on social media, say nice things about us or complain about us. That really is completely fair. Uh, That's all we really ask. That's all. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, let's get back to the show. So we talked a little bit about this before, and we talked about this idea that as a recruiter and as a recruitment function, you're always asking for things. You're asking for a resume, you're asking for references, you're asking for information, you're asking for salary information, though that's becoming less and less likely uh, in many places where that becomes illegal. You're asking and asking and asking, but you're very rarely giving. And we said a good idea, a good starting point would be to give feedback. And that's fine on the recruiting side of it. And broadly, that's still true. But the truth is, that's the recruiting side. And the second the offer is made, the recruiting side's kind of done, right? So you have to figure out how do you build, how do you create that kind of relationship at the company level? The company's not going to give you feedback because the company doesn't know you yet. They want to hire you. They want to make the offer to you. They want to consider you. But really, they don't know you. But they're still going to ask you to quit your job, sign these papers, show up for work, get dressed a certain way. They're going to ask, ask, ask. What is the company doing for the person? And there needs to be a level of transparency. And I think that's why you're starting to see a lot of these conversations of this is what our onboarding process is looking like. This is what it's like to work here. Not just to help people project themselves into the role in a hypothetical level, but to see, look, once you say yes, having given us all this information and time and consideration, we will be investing in you. We are ready to give back to you. It's not just an idea. It's not just something we're saying. It's not just a a nice thing or a tidbit or kind of a a carrot we're dangling in front of you. Nope, this is how we onboard people. This is how we get people ready to go. This is how we ensure that everybody here has the best chance of success because that's all any individual wants. That's what you do to build trust from a company standpoint. Beyond the values, and those are valuable too and useful, beyond the mission, and you know, I quibble whether that has value and In many cases it does, in many cases it doesn't. Beyond all that stuff, as a candidate, as a prospect, I say yes when I understand that the the company I want to work for gets my value and is ready to invest nearly as much as I am, if not more. I don't want it to be a one-way street. I'm going to give you my time, my energy, my value, my sweat, my tears, my my brain, my, my wisdom, my experience for a paycheck? Forget that. I want growth opportunities. I want training. I want education. I want access. I want information. I want mentoring and coaching. I want all those things. And if you can show me how you offer that, that's how you build trust. And that's how you get people to want to join you. So we go back to that first point I made. It's about making the hiring process harder. Because the truth is, the concept of making the candidate experience easy is all about keeping that yes going, that soft, false yes going. Hey, it's super easy to apply. Well, if I'm not invested in applying, how do you know that I'm actually caring? How do you know? If you're going to get me, string me along and interview me and spend all this time with me, you want to make sure that when you make the offer, I'm an absolute hell yeah. 
right? You want to have a complete and total hell? Yeah. But if you made it so easy that I almost accidentally get through the screening process and almost accidentally get through the interview process and then you make the offer and I'm not at all invested, you just wasted your time. So in some level, you, I have no problems with the ATS kind of being a pain in the ass. I have no problems with the process being a little wonky. I have no problem with this taking a little bit of time. You got to know that I, as a candidate, want this job. Give me a couple hurdles. Scalable, manageable, doable hurdles. But if you make it too easy, you're just going to be a resume collection facility and not a hiring company. You got to stop selling the job and start giving me a place I want to join. It's a very different mentality. And it's a lot of tiny little things you have to change between the top of the funnel and the bottom. But it's very doable. And I think some companies do a great job. I'm not going to name names. But some companies do a great job not making it too easy. Making sure that the candidates have a lot of information about the company and talk about the onboarding and talk about the mission and talk about their values and talk about what they're going to get out of this job. And in, in ways they're not completely broad and generalized and, and BSE. They're real. They're helping people find a reason to join. They're giving people all the chances to say no and walk out and say, there's the door. You don't have to be here. We, we're cool. No hard feelings. They're not comfortable with the yes. They're literally looking for no's. And they're few and far between. You see it more likely in the executive headhunting side, right? Once you've built a relationship, people feel comfortable saying no and saying, I don't think this works. But you need to start to bake it lower and lower down the chain. More and more of your jobs need to have this no focus, this make people want to join, right? The reason Google and Facebook and Amazon and all those companies have no problems recruiting people generally is because people actually want to join. Now, that might be based on false information. It might be based on the consumer product. It might be based on other experiences. But in general, their focus is, how do I get people to want to join? How do I build around this idea of managing applications instead of begging for them? Unfortunately, most companies are begging for applications, and that's the absolute wrong way to do it. So that's why you shouldn't be scared of hurdles and putting hurdles in front of candidates and giving them the opportunity to say no. Be, look for the no. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.